and welcome in to another great edition of Sports Club. Right here, Homeward Bound, as, uh, you know, as uh, uh, coronavirus stuff, uh, you know, has it where we're, we're doing more uh, work from home, so to say. I'm Jeremy the Impact York, uh, episode 37. We're approaching the the uh, end of season five here. Um, lots going on. We're going to get into some different stuff, some NASCAR, some XFL news. Uh, really cool thing about Rugby Atlanta. Uh, just stuff I wanted to get into. But first, um, I want I want to start with a somber note, so to say, and uh, talk about the passing of, I think he's in the Hall of Fame, if not he should be, but a Hall of Fame coach from the Utah Jazz, Jerry Sloan. Now, thanks to um, the Last Dance documentary, all about supposedly the last year of uh, the Chicago Bulls' great run there, uh, a.k.a. the Michael Jordan documentary, that's ultimately what it was. But, uh, you know, you get to see Utah in there and how uh, even as close as they got, they just could never stop MJ enough to uh, be able to hoist a championship. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but I mean, there's there's always there's always those teams and those those players that get so close to the ones that just royally deserve them. Uh, You know, on that team, you had John Stockton, uh, the great passer and guard. You had uh, the mailman, Carl Malone, down below. Stockton Malone, we all know it's, it's one of the greatest one-two duos, combos there were. Uh, you had Jeff Hornacek. Um, God, was, was Ostertag on? Was Greg Ogerstag on that? Maybe he came a little later. But uh, just, just some really good players. But Jerry Sloan, uh, a lot of people, at least my age, we know him as, as the great coach. But also, he was one of the great NBA players of his time. Uh, he is a true Chicago Bulls legend. That's why it was kind of weird with that matchup. A lot of you know, a lot of people they look back now and say, "Wow, you know, here he is coaching against the uh, the team where he played uh, his career." He is actually the first retired number in the uh, Chicago Bulls organization. I'm uh, pretty confident on that. But uh, yeah, Jerry Sloan, he won think over a thousand games as the head coach of one organization. He's only one of a handful of coaches to do that. Um, he had the respect of everybody. I don't know anybody that had a problem with Jerry Sloan. Uh, just, just a, a fantastic overall person and uh, definitely going to be missed. Um, as far as I know, it was not virus related. But uh, Jerry Sloan passed away and, uh, you know, thoughts, prayers, condolences uh, to the, the Sloan family and, and uh, surrounding friends and all. Uh, real legend. Real legend. Uh, let's see. Let's talk contingency plans because we have heard a couple of these and one of these is going to lead into another topic later. Um, we don't know the NBA currently. It is being rumored that the top 16 teams – and I said teams, not eight here and eight there. Although right now, if you froze, if you froze the actual standings, the top sixteen teams include eight from the west and eight from the east. But uh, I don't know if they would still keep them separated, east and west, that way, or how they would go 
from there. I mean, they may just say, well, uh, you know, uh, one through eight over here, seven through 16, I mean, uh, nine through 16 over there. I, I don't know. I don't know how they're, this is all rumored stuff. The NBA has not come out and made any kind of statement as of now. Uh, we are recording this on Wednesday evening. So, you know, if they said something sometime this afternoon, we just haven't seen it yet. But uh, supposedly the top 16, potentially in Orlando. And uh, we'll just, we'll see how that goes there. The contingency plan, we do know. Gary Bettman, like him or not, stood up in front of everybody yesterday. Yesterday, two days ago, I think it was yesterday. At 4 o'clock, and said, if when the NHL comes back, if when, because he, he's not guaranteeing anything, but if they return to play, what the NHL is going to do, the rest of the regular season, it's done. No matter what, regular season, done at this point. Everybody freezes where they are. He's going to take the top 24 teams. And they're going to be in the playoff. What kind of format? I don't know. I don't know if there are buys because 24 is not one that will necessarily line up right. Uh, I'm sure there will be a a buys of some kind in the first round there. But uh, top 25 would make it in. I'm not even going to read through the top 25 at this point because until this is a in-stone plan and this is what they decide to do. uh, But at least he stood up and said, hey, here's what we're going to do. Or here's what we like to do. But uh, the NHL looks like they're going to try to be the first ones back, technically. I say technically because uh, NASCAR is, is, has been back. Uh, the Bundesliga has been back. We have not heard from the MLS. We have not heard from... We have not heard from some other ones. Um, I do know that this is where baseball is is really messing up, and this is where I'm transitioning into this other topic, as I said. Uh, baseball has not come up with any sort of plan. The only, or, or, or to return to play, or how many games would, would uh, be there, or, or what part of the schedule, or this or that, or any, any kind of things like that. Um, what they have done was royally tick off their players and, um, and and fans in general, I mean, we know at this point that more than likely fans are not going to be in the building for uh, for sports for a little while, for the most part. Um, you know, Mark Cuban figuring out some some ways that, that do make sense, but until then, that is what it is. But now, what Major League Baseball has decided they want to do is continually uh, try to force the players to make uh, to take more salary cuts to where basically a player that would be making, what is it, 30 million or more, uh, maybe reduced down to eight or so. It, it just seems like you're, you're making like half to, to a third of your, your actual pay. And so, you know, you had Snell who come out and said, yeah, no, I signed a contract and, uh, I'm honored to contract. That's what you, that's what you owe me, um, at that point. Uh, Bryce Harper has come out and said some things. He defended Snell as well, and but he's come out and said some things too that uh, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, now let me throw this out there. 
the play the players taking pay cuts. A lot of people said, well, the players are taking the pay cuts. The owners aren't taking pay cuts. Which is true. The owners are accruing missed revenue for the games not played or for not having for not having uh, fans in the stands. Think of it like a, an airline. Um, sure, you can sell a different flight, but a different flight is a different flight. A different game is a different game. If you have 10,000 seats to sell on you know, a Tuesday, then it doesn't matter what you do any other day. How many of those do you sell? Uh, that, that's just missed revenue you, you can't get back. Uh, it's not being taken out of your pocket, but it's not being put there to start with. So it's, you know, kind of a, a weird misrevenue thing there. Um, but once again, instead of baseball coming up with a way to get back on the field, they are coming up with ways to basically try to tax their players, the assets, the ones that are going to make them money. Because the owners can own the team all they want, but if there's not players on the field and games aren't being played, uh, which means they're not being televised, which means uh, no sponsorship dollars, no TV dollars, uh, those will dry up. That means if it's not on TV or it's not where a consumer can consume it, so to say, us, a.k.a. us, the fans, watch it, then nobody's buying the T-shirts, the jerseys, the hats, the bobbleheads, the bats, the uh, insert your favorite souvenir here. Um, also, the food vendors. Well, if there's nobody in the stands, there's no reason for um, insert your favorite beer here. Or it, if uh, nachos aren't being made, popcorn's not being consumed. So there's there's a lot of things at stake here, and it seems like the owners in baseball are just worried about cutting the players' salaries. Uh, you should have you should have started worried about that when people like you were offering people like Alex Rodriguez probably ten times more than you should. Once again, I I never fault a player for signing a, a a big contract like that because the team had to had to offer it to him. If once again, if if your boss at work offered you uh, more than you thought you were even worth. Uh, you're probably going to take it, aren't you? You're not going to say, well, no, you know what? I really should be making uh, $10 an hour and not 14 Yeah, nobody says that. And if you do, you need help. Baseball's going to get their act together. It's already, it's a regional sport. that uh, they, They're losing, it's kind of like NASCAR. NASCAR's having to approach it a different way because attendance is down. In baseball, across the board, attendance is down. So, baseball should be worried about how to get the fans more involved. As opposed to um, cutting the salary of the people who are making you money. It's your fault you offered them those contracts. You should honor them the best you can. And um, quit making enemies. It's not going to help you. Not going to help you at all. All right, let's talk about the XFL for a minute. Uh, there was a wild rumor. Not only did they file for bankruptcy, which makes them technically a uh, public offered asset, this particular juncture. Um, a lot of people have 
throwing their name in the hat to be potential bidders, a.k.a. buyers. I think it will go to auction for the XFL and its assets and its technology. That's that's usually the main thing. It's Unless you plan on reopening the league, you're really getting it for um, the technology and the rights to uh, maybe some players and logos and, and uh, things like that. One person who is not a bidder, as he has officially said that, hey, he's, he's not a bidder, would be one Vince McMahon who was running the league to start with. Now, a lot of people say, how could he bid for it? Wasn't it his? No, it was not. The XFL in its latest incarnation was technically, it's not a technicality even, but they were owned by the WWE. They were owned and managed by the corporation World Wrestling Entertainment. So Vince, as an individual, could have potentially looked into purchasing them Uh, just like anybody technically could. But uh, he said that uh, he is not one of the potential bidders. So we'll have to wait and see who could be when this could uh, resume. I think spring, some sort of spring league, or maybe a uh, during the week, during the NFL season, if you want to run games then, the Tuesday, Wednesday, and there aren't any other games on, might be kind of cool. We'll see how this materializes once somebody purchases it and we see where they want to go from there. Um, the first thing I would do if I purchased the XFL was I would make sure Oliver Luck still want to be the commissioner because I very much think that's how you're, you're going to continue to push this in the right direction. But we'll see. Uh, they're probably going to want a lot more for it than I would offer a lot more. Uh, we pulled the money of everybody in the studio here, which we are socially distanced away. Of course, but a uh, quick show of hands, if you have more than pocket change, or more than change in your pocket, yeah, I didn't think so. We we probably, we might have 10 bucks in cash on us. Um, but good luck to the XFL, because like I said, whatever it's called, whatever the incarnation is, I do believe a league like that can exist and can do well. And I look forward to potentially seeing that, because I think we could get uh, a team here in Atlanta. There are other teams that were already bidding and, and trying to get their team added to the next season. So, you know, the interest is there, the money's there, the backing's there. Uh, just somebody's going to have to take it over that, that knows what they're doing. Let's move on to, uh, let's do the, uh, the, uh, the Jim Harbaugh. I believe it's Jim Harbaugh. It could have been John. It's Jim. It's Jim. Jim Harbaugh had some draft ideas a couple weeks ago. Um, the two main things was that uh, if a if a if a big time player wanted to potentially leave early before the what two or three year rule, uh, they should be allowed to do that to go to the draft, and also That in doing so, if you are not drafted, instead of uh, having your only option be to be a unrestricted free agent, where you could sign as a free agent or or not, then um, if you're not drafted, that you can potentially come back to uh, your your projective college. Okay, I, I I don't have a it's kind of a, a double thing there. It, that's that's really the two main things that he come up with that, that I thought were appealing was that, A, you could leave early 
So, uh, you know, in his case, he probably wanted Chase Young to leave uh, uh, last year or, or uh, two years ago maybe. But, uh, you know, that you could leave early if uh, you, you could potentially be a high draft prospect. Or if you just want to leave early, think you'll be drafted. So, okay. I, I don't have that big of a, a problem with that. Um, you're taking a big risk. But I do like that his follow-up to that, which was it, it, they're kind of related in a way they're not really – they could be. Yeah, it's kind of there. Is that if you're not drafted, and that's anywhere in those seven, seven rounds – that you can choose to come back to college. Okay, because some of these kids, uh, they either get bad information or they get good information that, hey, you know, you, you may be a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. Oh, yeah, you're going to be drafted. And then uh, I knew some people that throughout the years said they were going to be drafted and uh, was there with them for draft weekend. They were not drafted. And they ended up signing as a free agent. They uh, played in the league for a couple of years. Uh, now they moved on to bigger and better things. But I think if you would have given uh, this this particular person, uh, he was a senior, he graduated out. Nothing you can do there. But let's say he would have been a junior, and you, you come out early because you think you're going to be drafted. Uh, the projections have you in the uh, fifth, sixth round. And fifth, sixth, seventh round happened. And then you don't get drafted. You can weigh your options, but being able to come back to school, I think, would, would benefit. I think other, you know, I, honestly, I think other sports should consider this, too. I think the NBA should consider it. I think, um, well, baseball already kind of does it. If you're drafted in high school, you can say, you can uh, you can go, oh, I'm going to go to college. And so you have to go to college for two years at that point um, before you can be redrafted, I believe. Yeah, you know, but but uh, other sports should should potentially think of this. I don't think I don't think Jim had that bad of an idea. Um, I like that he's thinking about things like this. I wish, as a Michigan fan, that uh, he would cons- instead of spending some of his time on some new rules, that uh, he would consider finding a good quarterback. But that is what it is. Oh, uh, let's see, what do we have left? Uh, let's talk some NASCAR. Let's talk some NASCAR. Um, Brad Keselowski won the uh, race over the weekend. Uh, congratulations to Brad. He, he beat out um, quite a bit of people there at the end. Um, they are in Talladega tonight, and I believe this weekend as well. That race just probably started a few minutes ago, I believe. I have no idea what's happening in it. Talladega, probably a couple hours from here right now. Well, we're not far from Talladega. We'll put it that way. We're we're uh, uh, probably an hour and a half from Talladega. If I probably open the window, you can probably hear them from here. Uh, but the whole fanless racing is kind of interesting because it's not so bad because you can hear the roar of the engine, and it kind of makes up for what would normally be silence. Uh, you, you kind of hear the rubbing and racing a lot more. Um, but uh, congratulations to Brad on his big win there. Talladega is such a weird track to see what happens with that. I believe that they just did a reverse order from how you finished last weekend, so I guess Brad would be at the back starting tonight. 
which is kind of interesting to do that, but when you don't have a chance to qualify, that would probably be your best bet. Uh, in other racing news, before I get back to NASCAR, uh, Kyle Larson, who obviously had the uh, incident on his Twitch account where he said the racial slur, uh, they obviously didn't mean, but uh, it's kind of cost him his spot in NASCAR, at least for the time being. Uh, he actually won, I believe, a dirt series race over the weekend. He was very emotional with his speech and everything. Uh, kind of wishing the best. It seems like he's followed the path that I suggested. I doubt it's because he he, he might listen to the show. But, um, you know, I said that uh, I would get with Tony Stewart. Tony could uh, definitely mentor him and keep him on a path to at least keep him racing for now. But, um, to me, this is what he's got to do. He's just got to get back to racing. He's uh, got to keep his nose clean. He's got to show everybody that that was a one-time mistake and that that is not the real Kyle Larson. But uh, you got you to gotta win. That'll help. Uh, people, people will start to rally behind him a little bit. And, uh, you know, like I said, hopefully he keeps his nose clean. I don't know that he'll make it back to NASCAR, but he, he could make it back into uh, to, uh, stock cars. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, Chase Elliott got the big win in the trucks over uh, Kyle Busch over the weekend as well. Um, NASCAR fans have gotten mad at me, the ones I've talked to in the recent days, including uh, my you know, good friend and fellow colleague here, uh, John Watts. Uh, he's a big Chase Elliott fan for one. He has a, uh, a family tie to the early days of Chase Elliott, and and that's cool. And you know, we're all have our opinions, but I told him that Chase Elliott to me is lining up to be the new Dale Jr. Think about this: he is uh, Chase Elliott is following behind the legendary career of his uh, his father in the sport. Of course, Dale Sr. to Dale Jr. Now we have uh, uh, Awesome Bill Elliott. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville is Chase's dad, for people who don't know. Um, so they're both second generation. Um, they both are very popular. Uh, not many people have that much of an issue with them. I think part of Chase's issues here lately is him being kind of the new face that they're trying to push like this, that that uh, some people are kind of breaking him in, seeing if he can if he can handle being knocked around a little bit. I, I very much think that's what's going on. Um, like I said, Chase is very popular right now. Chase is considered one of the faces, the new faces, the fresh faces. Um, he's going to win some races, just like Dale did. What well, Dale had like 20 victories or so, won some Daytonas, won, uh, I think he won some Indies. You know, he's going to win races. He is going to continue to sell merchandise. Uh, Chase sells a lot of merchandise. I believe we got Chase that they had around here somewhere. Uh, it's, yep, see right there, it's on the shelf across the room from me right now. But uh, I don't mean it as a slight. I just think that Chase Elliott is going to be the new Dale Jr. Like I said, he's going to he's going to win a good handful of races. He's uh, going to be one of the faces of the league. He's he's going to be very popular. Like I said, people like him. Not many people don't like him. I just he's going to sell a lot of shirts and those kinds of things. I just don't think you're going to. He's not the next Jimmy Johnson. He's not the next Jeff Gordon. Those kinds of things. He's going to carve out his own niche for sure. Uh, Chase, if you hear this or any Chase fans, I don't want you to take this personally. No, it is absolutely a compliment because 
if you ask me or if you ask a lot of racers, hey, would you like to have Dale Jr.'s career? Uh, yeah. Solid, what, 15, 20 years in a NASCAR? Uh, you know, injuries notwithstanding, of course, but uh, you're picking up wins. You're, you're making money. You get all the commercial opportunities now. He's in a booth. He gets the uh, gets the chance to, to talk about the sport that much. Uh, you know, take it. Take it. Or prove me wrong, whichever you want to do, Chase. Uh, if you want to come on here and tell me I'm wrong or tell or you know, or say, hey, not a bad not a bad plan. But uh, yeah, I just see Chase Elliott as the new Dale Jr. Um, if you agree with me, disagree with me, you know how to hit me up. Uh, love to hear your your uh, take on all this. Uh, let's see. Before we talk golf, because we gotta talk golf. It's one of the best things to happen all weekend. Before we talk golf. I want to just uh, throw out this Rugby Atlanta note. Uh, Harley Wheeler, who is a uh, hooker slash winger. Not the kind of hooker you're thinking of. Look it up in rugby. It's it's a, a very pivotal position on the field. Uh, but he plays for Rugby Atlanta. He played, I think he started four of the five inaugural games this season because this was their first year. Um, he has been... Uh, immediately released from his contract, not for anything bad, but for the uh, all the way for this season, the 2020 season, uh, and the 2021 season, because he is following his Olympic dreams for the 2021 Olympics that are going to include rugby. He is uh, he is going to follow his Olympic dreams there. We wish him all the best and. Uh, his contract will pick back up in 2022, which will be the next time that we see him in a rugby Atlanta jersey. Uh, Harley, we wish you the best and good luck. And uh, would love to have you on the show to talk rugby because uh, probably of everybody here, I'm, I'm probably the bigger rugby fan. Uh, we were really looking forward to uh, going to see a few rugby matches. They were actually next on our calendar uh, when all this started to happen. It was. Um, I think it was either that next week. It was the very next weekend before everything got shut down or the weekend after that. And uh, we look forward to when it does kick back up that you will you will see us there. You will see us at some rugby matches. Like I said, I'm a big rugby fan. I've, I've uh, gotten some other people into it. But um, good for you, Harley Wheeler. Wish you the best. Uh, to answer the question that usually pops up when we do these shows, what we currently have on while we're doing the show is the 2017 replay of the uh, lacrosse final where the Swarm won the uh, won the cup. We're, we currently have that on right now because uh, I hadn't got a chance to watch it until right now. It came on uh, a couple weeks back. But now, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what the match, the match, part two. You had Tiger Woods, you had Peyton Manning. Versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. And what was a match play setup? I think that was the better way to do it. The front nine was uh, you took the best score of the two of you. And uh, that's how you determine an up or down. On the second, you both teed off. You decided to pick a whichever tee shot you liked better. And then you alternated shots from there. So obviously, if you took Peyton Manning's drive, then Tiger would hit the next shot. 
vice versa, you know, those kinds of things. Um, yeah, Dustin Thomas, who did some good commentary, you had the guys in the booth. Uh, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley's a good commentator. He knows a lot about golf. He proved that. Um, he was he was uh, biting into these guys just as much as anything. It was uh, kind of interesting watching them drive these souped-up golf carts, had the cameras, had the, uh, the earpieces. Some of them worked, some of them not. But, you know, like a lot of people said, things we learned from this. Uh, Tiger looks like he's ready to win four Masters. Uh, Phil might be the best golf coach you've ever seen that could also win four Masters. Uh, Peyton Manning, first team, all trash talk. Good Lord, he had some good lines. Plus, he wasn't. He was a pretty good player. He had some pretty good shots. And Tom had some pretty good shots. Now, Tom also proved that when you get nervous, when you're about an eight handicap and you get nervous, you start to play like the rest of us, bombing them left, bombing them right. Uh, finally hits a, a fantastic shot, the one from uh, about 156 yards out, I believe, that rolled in, uh, that ended up having the hole because he'd had such uh, trouble up until then. But, you know, Tom Brady looked human. They all look human. Um, hearing Phil break down what he was telling people was was great. Uh, it ended up being where Tiger and Peyton actually only won by one hole. They hung on at the end. They would almost went into overtime. But this is what we needed. We needed one of these kinds of events, you know, like the Skins game. Last week, we need these fun events that also showcase how good and well defined these athletes are. And, you know, it's fun to see these guys when there is no crowd, but the pressure's on them and they're talking crap to each other. And uh, they raised $20 million for coronavirus um, support. And how is that a bad thing? How's that a bad thing at all? But like I said, as, uh, as somebody who has recently gotten more into golf, um, I've always been big into golf. I've always been a big fan, played when I could. Um, now that a lot of these courses are open, as long as you are socially distant, um, we've, tr we've tried to uh, play, you know, I've already played more this year, I believe, than I did last year. Uh, just trying to play, just trying to get the old sea legs basically back under us. But this... This makes you want to play more. This makes you want to get out there. And it also makes you want to help the people who are battling the virus and the, the responders and the other people. And, the, and like I said, the pharmacists that are having to deal out the, the medication and, and, the, and help with the conditions. The, uh, the people who are delivering packages, sometimes medical supplies and other things, but uh, sometimes just essentials because... Uh, it's sometimes too dangerous to leave your house to go get basic supplies. So that's going to do it for us. Appreciate everybody tuning in to another edition of Sports Club. This one called... The Match 2, why not? Let's call it The Match 2. But I'm Jeremy the Impact George. Hope you guys enjoyed everything. Once again, shout out to all the people who are helped battling this and whatever more are because we're all in this together. 
the more we stick together, the more we're gonna get through this, the more things are gonna get uh, back to the new one. But uh, also shout out to Harley Wheeler. Uh, look forward to seeing the Olympic bud, and then look forward to seeing you back at home. But I am Jeremy the Impact Dork. We will see you guys next week. Take care of each other. Say you whack raps, they like saving time. I can dance, ho. 